Hey guys, Eddie Wilson here with Think Realty. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's our privilege to bring you some great guests and some great content uh, for you along your investing journey. Um, We love being a part of your investing journey. I want to make sure we provide lots of uh, value to you. I want to say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsor, which uh, is Real Property Management. Real Property Management is a fantastic property management firm nationwide uh, that can help uh, put more money in your pocket versus taking money out. If you're not happy or satisfied with your current property manager, you might want to give them a call uh, or visit them on the web at Real Property MGT. That's Real Property MGT. Thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast, Real Property Management. It's always a privilege. Um, For me, this is an interesting time for real estate. Uh, I'm a third generation real estate investor and I'm super excited to bring on uh, someone who has actually helped me along in my journey. Uh, And so today on the podcast, we have Damon Real. Damon, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate being here. Yeah. Damon has a a company called Loan Bids and uh, Loan Bids with a Z. Loan bids with a Z. Loan bids with a Z. I always point that out when I'm when I'm sending people to your website. And uh, Damon uh, has aggregated um, private lenders across the nation uh, to provide you um, as as a broker a way to find access to the best money, the cheapest money, the fastest money, whatever it is they're looking for. And I know you work with a lot of the top private lenders. So if you don't mind, just for context, explain the platform how they use it. Sure, sure. Loanbids.com, really, as Eddie mentioned, we aggregate the programs and the pricing from pretty much all the top private lenders in the space. And the private lenders then uh, you know, provide us what I call wholesale pricing, meaning that misconception that many of the real estate investors have is that if you go to a commercial mortgage broker, you're gonna to pay too much. You're mm-hmm. gonna pay extra points and fees and that sort of thing. But the way that Loan Bids does it and the way that many of the established commercial mortgage brokers work is on that wholesale basis. They can get that discounted pricing, add a little bit for their, their activities and the fees that they need to make and still be highly competitive with, uh, you know, with really even direct lenders in the space. Yeah. So that, that entire perception that brokers are too expensive, really, I would, I would challenge that and ask you to yeah. Uh, uh, consider. Yeah, I, 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 I've used you guys as well, and I own the American Association of Private Lenders. You know, like I have access to all <laughs> kinds of private capital. But in the end, there's something to be said about somebody who's aggregating lenders. You know, like, yes, I could go direct to them. Um, however, if I'm not doing volume, then they don't have a nece- necessarily a big benefit to give me the best pricing. Um, and so I know even some of the difficult uh, properties that we've had to finance, like you've done a great job or your team's done a great job. Thank you. And finding us the right lender to, to finance our deals, you know, whether it's, and some of them are difficult, you know, like we had some in Indiana that um, our appraisals didn't go well and you guys helped us with that. And then we had some new construction ones that were turning into short-term rentals and you helped us with those. Those are difficult sometimes, um, you know, and so um, you guys really have two primary verticals, right? Like you do more, a lot of DSCR, right? which uh, for everyone else is that's debt service coverage ratio, uh, meaning that they're lending based on the performance of the asset. Um, and then you do a lot of fix and flip. Is the, are those the two primary yeah, verticals? I, w- I would say that we also do new construction as mm-hmm. well. Um, so really any short or long-term loan for single family, 
uh, multifamily, mixed use, and commercial, really we have options for. Yeah. And what I would say is those options are everything from, you know, what I would call tier one or the best of the best for those uh, for those clients who have a great profile, experience, and liquidity. And then we have various tiers. So if you know, you're an investor that's new in the business or you're a little light on your liquidity or you're looking at a little bit of an odd property, we will have some options for you most likely. Yeah, let's talk about um, the elephant in the room right now. And that is rates and rate movement and rate volatility. Um, how important is it to have a relationship with lenders or someone who has access to capital right now um, because things are moving so fast? You know, I think it's, it's really important to have a stable of consistent lenders who have uh, diverse capital sources. So mm -hmm. I think we have the best of the best. If you look out in the marketplace, eight of the top 10 private lenders are on our platform and we work with them regularly. Um, but from a rate standpoint, again, it's all about those capital providers. And, uh, you know, for us, we spend all day every day looking through who's the best each given day. As a matter of fact, on our website, REI News Now, we post a weekly rate survey for a lot of these di different products. So if you want to check that out uh, on a weekly basis, we'll update that and show you where the best of the best are pricing those particular deals. Yeah, and I think that your REI News site um, is really important for them to log and, and kind of connect to because that, that rate survey that you're publishing is, a, is an aggregation of all the lenders that are willing to give you the data. Um, but then they can kind of see like uh, if they're getting quotes, I mean, I would start there because if they're getting quotes higher than those, that survey, then they really should be coming over to loan bids and let you guys be you know, a, a broker to them to try to get them close to that rate. And obviously there's a lot of criteria that goes into how you get those rates and stuff like that. But, um, but I think it's really important. Now, um, what I like to say too, and I think it's so important, I'd like for you to speak to this, is that if you're a real estate investor, rate should not concern you as much as yield or appreciation. Um, meaning, it really, I'm, a, I'm an investor, and you know, so primarily the repayment of the loans that I'm taking, I'm not participating in, my tenants are. And so it doesn't, and it maybe shouldn't matter to me as much because if you're waiting for great rates again, you know, I don't know how long it'll take. I mean, if it'll be a full real estate cycle, I don't know if it could be 20 years. We don't, we don't know what rates are going to do. Um, I think a lot of people want to say they know what they're going to do, but the reality of it is, is everybody that said that they knew what they were going to do last year was all wrong. And so, like, you know, like, so like, why would we even try to speculate? So in, in, as opposed to staying on the sidelines, it's more about finding, in my opinion, great deals that can withstand whatever the rate is. Like, what do I care if I'm paying seven, eight, nine percent, as long as the debt service, especially on DSCR loan, as long as my debt service coverage ratio is higher than that, I'm you know, playing at a one, one or a one, two, five, whatever it is, it's like, then I'm still getting an appreciating asset and I still have yield or cash flow, you know? And so exactly. what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think there are a lot of our investors right now that are looking at deals and they ha are having to comb through more deals to find the ones that, that really cash flow the way they expect. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell you, you know, we bought a few properties last year and uh, around the 200,000 price point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those particular properties, 
we were able to get rates in the 5%. Mm -hmm. Now those rates would be in the 7 to 8%. Mm -hmm. You know, our cash flow would be different. Sure. You know, instead right. of making, you know, four or 500 a month in positive cash flow, right. you might be two or 300. Right. And in those particular instances, yes, you know, you probably need to be a little bit more diligent at picking the, uh, the deals that you want to do. But as Eddie said, you know, the, lend well, the lenders are not going to allow you generally to do deals that don't make sense mm -hmm. because they have risk parameters. They don't want, you know, the loan to default. So they're going to try to help you along the way. And if they see, you know, some concerns about the project that, or the property that you bring them, they're going to bring it up. And, uh, you know, most of them today will not go below, as you said, a 1.0 DSCR and uh, meaning that they've got to at least break even cash flow in order to do the deal. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I agree with you. I mean, we're still looking for properties. We were looking at some yesterday. Uh, so situation where, you know, I, I fully agree that, you know, you got work harder, work smarter, and the deals will be there. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, um, I've told a few people this, and my CFO knows this, but I've doubled my net worth in every recessive, in any economic downturn. So I started investing in the dot-com boom. Then I invested heavily through 08 through 2010. I invested heavily through COVID, and then our goal within this calendar year is to double my net worth again. And it's like, because when everybody else is running out, if you play the game right, you play it like an investor, not a consumer, um, exactly. the, the opportunities are there. And the capital providers are readily available. And I think that that's a misconception, is that, oh, capital's scared. You know, capital's not scared right now. Wall Street's coming in with a vengeance right now. There's $1.1 trillion sitting on the sideline in liquidity in private equity funds. These private equity funds are trying to find yields, so they're pushing their money towards real estate. It's like there's so much capital being forced into the real estate market, the build to rent craze. It's just like everything. And it's like, it, it, you're either gonna get your piece of it or you're gonna sit on the sidelines and watch somebody else get their piece of it. You know. And so I love that you provide that resource for them. Yeah, and I agree that uh, you know, right now with some of the banking issues going on, maybe some of those small regional and local mm -hmm. banks that typically helped investors may be moving a little bit to the mm -hmm. sidelines and that you know, means that this private capital that uh, is available, you know, through loan bids and through, uh, you know, other lenders, you know, is really going to be that much more important. Yeah, it is. It, it was in 2008 through 2010. Actually, go back to really um, 2011, 12, 13, to me was the highest growth period for private lenders, you know, and it, what it was, was you had a massive, um, you had a massive vacuum that was created by the new Dodd-Frank regulation. Yeah. And so banks were highly regulated in what activity they could get in, involved in. And so private lenders stepped up, Wall Street followed on, They're like, oh, if you can kind of create the right model, we'll, we'll put capital in this. So now DSCR, I mean, primarily the DSCR programs are funded by Wall Street and exactly. big institutional capital. Um, they wanna play deep into that game. It's the best yield that they're receiving right now. And uh, I actually believe that this next year, we're seeing a lot of shakeups in the private lending space, right? Like we're yeah. seeing uh, guys that just weren't positioned, they were not well capitalized or funded. We're seeing people kind of shut things down, they're trying to reemerge. 
I think you're going to see, and, and you have some of the, pri the largest private lenders in the nation right now being courted by large institutional banks to purchase them because in the end, their model looks fantastic to the bigger, you know, the bigger institutions. And so I just think that it, we are in a space right now where banks can't serve us. You know, like I, it's been a long time since I've went to my, I use my bank for lines of credit and all this stuff in my private equity stuff, but like I haven't been to my bank to talk about a real estate deal in probably four years, you know, because private equity or private uh, capital, private lending is so readily available and so it pliable, is. you know? It is, it is, and it's gotten so much cheaper, yeah. you know, over the years as it's gotten institutionalized mm -hmm. in Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's interesting, and I think that you are going to be at the at the cutting edge of kind of aggregating all those changes because you know the guys that were with some of these companies that recently just went out of business are now scrambling to find new relationships, and there's still some there's still some giants to fall. I think you know we're, we're going through a rough time. I mean, and things are shaking up, and so it's far better to be with somebody who has thirty or forty potential lenders versus you've got all your eggs in one basket, you know, which I think is a huge service. And I think one of the things that we're seeing is, because we deal with so many lenders is ones who are highly competitive, you know, in the last cycle and last year, you know, they're not that competitive right now. And other ones have kind of stepped mm -hmm. in and taken their spot. So that's the beauty of what we do is we can see that and we can help our clients to be able to, you know, navigate you know, those, uh, those new best in class programs that are available. Sure. Yeah. So if you had a crystal ball, you know, what's on the horizon? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, where do you, what's your sentiment in real estate over the next 12, 18 months? Well, you know, uh, if you're talking about, if you're talking about rate wise, and uh, I think that, that, you know, hopefully, you know, as we're here in, in mid March. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, the Fed is close to being done with what they're going to do. Uh, they've still got some of their bond portfolio to sell off, mm -hmm. but uh, hopefully, the the benchmark for the DSCR, which is typically either the five or ten year, depending on the lender, hopefully that's you know moderated right now, or it's at least settling in. And uh, you know, I think that you know when I started in this business. Those long-term 30-year fixed loans were in the seven, eight percent range, mm -hmm. and we did a lot of them. And uh, you know, yes, we had a great time when you know rates were down in the four and five percent. But you know, we we and our investors can still do a lot of business with this particular type of economics as long as you know the capital stays uh, available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest. Uh, yeah, and you think it will stay available? I do, I do. Um, you know, in my experience, which has been long, I lived through the 08 type mm -hmm. of thing, and and typically in in the world of lending, it's a liquidity issue, just mm -hmm. like it was with with the banks, where you know something occurs, maybe it's a credit event, and uh, the buyers all of a sudden say stop. You know, we saw that during COVID, where they thought, oh no, you know, nobody's going to pay their rent. Mm -hmm. checks uh, or the rent payments anymore and the landlords aren't going to be able to pay so we're going to stop and there was really a two or three month period mm -hmm. there where you know Wall Street was not buying lenders were not lending right. and then they saw that you know the world didn't end mm -hmm. and you know by the end of the year things had had come back yeah. and, and were pretty consistent again yeah that's I just there's not enough yield for the capital that's out there I don't see how it can go away I, I because 
I just don't know where they put their capital, you know? Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that's a good sign. Um, one last question. I know we were kind of close on time, but we need to wrap up, but um, the Federal Reserve, you know, um, we, it seems like Jerome Powell is just kind of steady as she goes. He's just going to keep raising rates until he hits, you know, some sort of a threshold, um, some sort of a threshold of, for inflation. But you think, you think he's going to see the world differently with some of the banks failing and things like that? You know, like, do you think that, um, do you think if we see it a leveling off real fast, it shows that there are bigger issues in the banking world uh, if, if all of a sudden we start making choices based on where our banks are versus where our inflation is? Do you think that gives any indication? Or what do you think that story is well, that's being told? I, th I think that, you know, quite honestly, I'm surprised something didn't break earlier mm -hmm. with all the 75 basis point moves right. and, and how quickly things have gone. And I think the Fed was kind of waiting and watching for what that first thing was yeah. going to be. It's almost like a stress test. Yes, yeah, like a stress test. And mm -hmm. you know, now they've had a little bit of a stress test here. They've lost a couple pretty significant banks. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, now they're going to be a little bit more careful. Luckily, they even they admit they're getting close to the end of their sure. raising cycle. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, you know, today's the day. They, I don't know if yeah. you even know yet, but yeah. they went up 25 basis points. Yeah today yeah. and uh and you know right it's gonna say uh they're coming to the end of their cycle so, yeah uh, yeah let's so, hope so yeah yeah so i think you know from from a mortgage rate standpoint i would love to say we've we've seen the the highs on as far as rates are concerned don't know that that's necessarily true but uh, I think we're probably pretty close. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, thank you so much for what you do for the industry. Thank you for your insight. Appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Think Realty, thank you so much for being a part and watching and participating. Uh, we love that you're involved and invested with us. Uh, if you can, please comment. Let us know what you want more of um, uh, through all of our social channels, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you again to our podcast sponsor, which is Real Property Management. Real Property Management is a fantastic property management firm that if you're not satisfied or happy with the current property manager you have and you don't want to do it yourself, Real Property Management will put more money in your pocket rather than take it out. A good property manager always will. Uh, and you can find out more about them by going to Real Property MGT. That's Real Property MGT.com. And you can see the Real Property difference by going there and engaging with them. Also, if you haven't bought your tickets for Tampa yet, we've got the Tampa conference coming up July 13th and 14th. It's one of the hottest markets in America for investing today. It's blowing up still. Florida is still hot. There's still lots of demand down there. And uh, we want to go uh, see what's going on by having a conference and an expo there. We've got great experts uh, coming in to speak and teach. Uh, we've got capital coming in. We've got deals and, and opportunities for investment coming in as well as some resident experts to teach you and help you, uh, guide you along your investing journey. Uh, if you use the, the uh, code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, it will give you a buy one, get one free on those tickets. Uh, and that's the best deal you're going to find uh, right here on our podcast. Thank you so much for being a part. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stay in touch.